the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Thursday. Yeah, it's a Thursday. I'm I'm really thrilled we're coming up on the weekend as quickly as we are. Although for many of us up here in the Northeast Corridor of the United States, I just got sent a map from uh, one of the weathermen at the, the National Weather Service. I tend to follow the weathermen on <laughs> on the Twitter and some of them because, you know, they, they got a lot of time in their hands. They do a couple minutes of forecasting and then they go away for a while, then they come back. And they're kind of funny people. But one of them just sent me a weather map kind of predicting the the weekend, what it's going to look like the next one to three days. And right in the heart of the weather map is a sort of deep red area from the precipitation thing that makes it look like the constitutionally protected free speech bunker here in in the woods of Arden, Delaware, we are going to get hammered with rain. Uh-oh. We're talking five inches of rain, which is a whole bunch of rain over a weekend, starting either late today and tomorrow. This is Thursday through Sunday. Thank you very little. And uh, I should post that on Twitter just to show you how dismal it looks. But you can also identify... From this map, from this trusted weather guy, national weather guy, you can see if your area is going to get hit. Texas looks like it's in pretty good shape this weekend. Good for you, Dallas. California looks pretty good, too. So a lot of our friends on the West Coast, but many of us here in, well, I I technically am not in in that New York, D.C., but we're in the corridor. About 20 minutes from Philly. So I should tweet that out. We can take a look at that. A lot to cover today. And uh, yes, there is a vital question posted. Yesterday's vital question, in case you wondered, the, um, the question about the hot dog. Is the hot dog a sandwich? You guys all said, no, it's not. It's a hot dog, damn it. Well, <laughs> Chef Carl Ruiz weighed in yesterday at at the midway point on the show and said, it's a sandwich. And so I defer to Chef Ruiz. But, you know, you guys, uh, you you overwhelmingly supported the theory that, no, the hot dog is not a sandwich. And so in the spirit of the vital question topic, yes, we have another vital question today. But this one's kind of an offshoot of the topic du jour yesterday that's continued today. And that is the discussion of the the transgender move made by the president. Uh, And in the president's tweet, which, by the way, the Department of Defense has basically said the tweet is moot, that uh, there is no policy that has changed based on the, the president's tweet. So everybody in the military who's serving as transgender can calm the hell down. And everyone who's outraged about it, really, you jumped on a tweet. A tweet is not legislation. But um, the question seems to be centered around who's paying. 
Who's paying for the the surgery? The surgery that would be required if somebody went the whole route and changed from a man to a woman or a woman to a man based on on the physical surgeries required. And uh, so I, I asked the vital question this morning. I asked the vital question, is it is it something uh, the government, meaning you, the taxpayer, should be required to pay for? Should you be required to pay for transgender service members' gender reassignment surgery? Well, a whopping 3% of you say, yes, that's the way to go. 94% of you say no, and 3% of you are what we consider would be considering in, in the LGBTQ world uh, Q. You'd be questioning. You're undecided. And I tend to think this is the right way to go. I tend to think you've, you've got it right here, that this issue is not one that uh, I should have to pay for, that you as a taxpayer should have to pay for, if it in fact is elective surgery, which I think it is. Not medically required to keep you alive. So uh, kind of an important question, right? Yeah, sure it is. And as I asked this question this morning, I actually received a very thoughtful response from someone on Facebook. I received a, a um, statement on Facebook from someone who served in the military, someone who actually spent time, raised their hand, took a, an oath to protect and defend the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And um, a well-thought-out statement from a gentleman who has been uh, part of the military. I'm only going to tell you his first name is James. And James sent me this statement, and I'm going to read it to you because he said I want to answer that question, basically. First, we need to define the, a few terms. So we're talking about the same thing for the purpose of the conversation. Let us define transgender. Transgender as a person of biological... of a person of one biological sex who identifies as the other sex. Okay, I can wrap my head around that. That exists. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of understanding, but I, I get it. It exists. Second part of the definition from my, my friend James, transitioner as a person of one biological sex who has started the sexual reassignment procedure which includes the initial psychological evaluation to operation to post-op completion of reassignment surgery. Now, position A, person A, joins the military. Follow along on this one, because this is a very interesting chain of thought. Person A joins the military, someone who is transgender, someone who is, say, born a male and identifies as a female. Signs up for a four-year hitch. After basic training, advanced training, individual training, let's say they've spent six months in training. And now after those six months, they are qualified and assigned to an active duty unit. Three and a half years left, right, on that four-year hitch? Don't get ahead of me. They now decide to pursue the sexual reassignment and go to the doctor who recommends the procedure, initiates the treatment, Person A now becomes a transitioner. More importantly, B 
because of the medical care involved, person A is no longer available for unlimited duty or deployment because of this fact. So now you have a person who signed up for a four-year hitch, who's been trained for six months, ready to be in combat or on active duty, and because of this, this medical procedure that they have begun, they're no longer available. James adds, because he's, he's looked up this, this procedure and for his argument, and says, it's my understanding that it requires up to two years to fully transition. So let's say 18 months to two years. Even if it were 18 months, person A is now functioning as a transgendered, officially transgendered person B, who now has a year and a half to two years left on their original enlistment. They can request early discharge, and if it's granted, they are now free and clear to go live their life as person B. Okay, so I know what you're thinking. The military paid for this surgery, meaning you and I as taxpayers paid for this surgery. That's where James adds a little bit more clarity. As we now have this person who has been completely transitioned on the taxpayer's dollar. And if they are, in fact, bumped out after two years because they requested early release, because all of that took place while they were enlisted in the military, because all of that happened under military service, the government is on the hook for any and all medical care that will be connected to this procedure for the rest of that person's life. Now, this is going to add to the VA hospital care, as you might imagine. It might clog up some of the VA as well. We've already got enough problems with the VA, don't we? But James says, let's look at this and change one thing to better understand it. Rather than enlisting in the military, if this person goes to work for a company, a private company, and the owner of the private company, should that owner then be required to keep a person on payroll for two years with full pay and benefits? And if the person is unable to perform the job they were hired to do while transitioning, will they be required to provide medical insurance for the rest of that individual's life? It's very different in the military, though, James. Obviously, it's a voluntary position, and you do put your life on, on the line. But James makes some very good points, some very good and intelligent points. And we've heard from several different people among you who say, well, you know, the Navy gives free Viagra to men, I don't necessarily, or the Army or the Marine, whomever. I don't know if I support that either. The Navy, somebody wrote the Navy gives women free boob jobs so their surgeons can stay, uh, let's say, well-practiced. I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Is there proof of that anywhere? I just think anything elective, if you're going to exclude any elective surgery, you exclude all elective surgery. Do it on your time. Rhinoplasty earlobe enhancement, whatever you're going to do. But I don't think I should have to pay for it. I'm just saying. That's the subject of today's vital question. It's on Twitter at StuntBrain. You're welcome to jump in there. 
and be a part of it. You're also welcome to jump in and weigh in on the conversation here. 888 I would love it if somebody in this audience could come up with a solution and that we could say to the president and the military and the LGBTQRST community, here's the answer. But Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Phone lines are open, 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. The question of the day, I expect, I expect our audience is going to answer, no, no, the government shouldn't be forced to pay for transgender reassignment surgery. So it's... It's kind of a, is it a straw man type argument? Maybe. But I do think we need to vent. I think we need to be allowed to vent in situations like this. Absolutely. Especially when, when this has overtaken the news and we have so many other things we need to get to. We have so many things that we need to do that could help everybody. So many things that I want I want this administration to do that they promised because it would help people. So I'm 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 a little troubled by it, but we'll get through. Um, I have some strange little bits of video that I want to get to and play for you, and I, I will get to them and play them for you. Uh, I also was called out on the carpet by one of you in the vast and unpaid resource department. One of you who said yesterday I I should have pressed the issue on paying for that surgery when we had, in fact, the leader of the log cabin Republicans on the air. And so, uh, Cookie Dan, you're right. Good point. But we did get the question out there today. And I'm sure the log cabin Republicans who do follow us on the Twitter are making note of the question du jour as it is. I had somebody I talked to today, somebody who's been in the in the business for a long time and, and been a talker, a talk radio person who said, what are the log cabin Republicans? I said, you're kidding me, right? You really don't know? Yeah, yeah, he, he was not aware. So there it is. Some other stuff that's happened today that I think it's fair for us to bring up. Uh, Earlier today, let's see, just a a little bit, uh, well, maybe it was yesterday. Yesterday afternoon, Chelsea Clinton tweeted, no, President Trump, no, President Trump, you have consistently failed to support LGBT equal rights dignity and safety in the U.S. and around the world, e.g. Chechnya and Russia. So Chelsea Clinton, daughter of President Clinton and one-time, two-time presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, is calling out the president on this 
this proposed ban, which really isn't a ban because you can't ban something from tweeting. It's just that's not the way the government works. And the DOD is kind of letting the White House know that, that there will be no change in the policy until there's an actual formal change in the policy. But Chelsea Clinton came out and um, and says, uh, no, President Trump has been consistently failed to support LGBT equal rights, dignity and safety in the U.S. and around the world. Well, I, I think President Trump has been fairly open to the LGBT community. You know, there are numerous times on the campaign that he was seen holding up a flag and the rainbow flag and, and Caitlyn Jenner even said that uh, the president was smart on his bathroom policy at Trump Tower before he became president. And when Chelsea Clinton tweeted this, uh, Twitter responded. Twitter responded, uh, that Haynes guy tweeted, what did your mom and stepdad, I don't know what he means by stepdad, what did your mom and stepdad ever do for LGBT rights, Chelsea? Pretend to embrace them when they needed some votes? I think that's a fair criticism. Robert Curie tweeted, the Clintons were experts at stepping on the backs of others to climb to the top without regard of who they hurt along the way. I think that's that's average. That's a accurate and average. Get it together because it's about time tweeted. I'm old. So I remember when Hillary was asked what she thought of gay marriage and she declared marriage is between a man and a woman. Huh? Yeah, that's on YouTube as well. Then there are other people saying, get loud, Chelsea. We need your voice. Get loud. I'm. I'm just amazed that Chelsea Clinton continues to put herself out there. Paul Joseph Watson of Prison Planet wrote, your mother took tens of millions of dollars from a country that executes gay people, meaning Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they you could have put in there every day because that's what happens in Saudi Arabia every day. The not silent majority also tweeted in response to Chelsea Clinton. Her mother was embarrassed by her father in front of the world and she stayed with him only to further her political aspirations. Ah, uh, yeah, I think that's fair. All of this is fair. I just don't understand why Chelsea Clinton keeps putting herself out there when she knows that her family is so flawed. This is this is all wonderful stuff. I'll tweet out a link to it. Or if you don't follow Chelsea Clinton online, you should because you should you would be interested in seeing things like this. This is the kind of stuff that um, that that she's. I swear they're going to try and run her for something. I still stand by it. They're going to try and run Chelsea Clinton for some spot, something, elected office. Get ready for it. When we come back, oh, we've got to talk about debt shaming. We've got to talk about Shay. We have to talk about single payer. CNN getting caught once again on a hidden camera. And this time it is about the transgender question. And we'll have so much more today. Join the conversation. 888 This is Pure Opelka.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, we've got the vital question up and the phones are lit. I, I'm telling you the day, a uh, hot topic du jour on this uh, question about whether or not you as a taxpayer should pay for the um, gender reassignment. I, I stated yesterday, I don't have a problem with gay people serving in the military. If you volunteer to get your butt shot off, and you can do the job mentally and physically. God bless you. Welcome to the United States Marines, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, whatever. Patrick in Louisiana, or should I say Louisiana? Patrick, uh, welcome to the program. Um, I don't. I don't think that. I don't have a problem with transgenders being in the military. My problem is when they go to the surgery. It takes them out of out of service. Um, for instance, uh, people with ADHD cannot be on their medication for a year prior to going in the military. They can't be on the pills. They can't take the pills out into the field. If you get a tattoo, it gets infected. Um, you get an Article 15 and lose, you know, half month's pay. So what? You're creating double standards. Yeah, that's you know what, Patrick. That's this from the crowd that's always yelling fairness. And that's a great point. And we should we should always bring that up. We cannot have double standards. If you're not going to allow elective surgeries or pay for elective surgeries, then it has to be all elective surgeries. So it's a a terrific point. Where did you serve, Patrick? What branch? I served in the Army. Well, thank you, sir. We appreciate your service. Uh, did you see combat? Were you overseas? Uh, I was in Panama uh, during Desert Storm. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it, it, not not exactly the front lines, but you know what? There was a lot going on in Panama that I'm sure you're not allowed to talk about. But It was interesting. Yeah, very good. Well, we certainly appreciate your service. What part of uh, Louisiana? I've got family in that state. I'm just outside Baton Rouge. Okay. Okay. I've got, I've got family in New Orleans, and uh, I think there might even somebody in Baton Rouge as well. But we appreciate you. Thank you for being there, and God bless you. Uh, Thank Nick, you. In, Nick in Alabama talking on this hot topic today. Welcome to the program, Nick. Hi, Stump Brain. Uh, I can't believe that you forgot to mention Army and all that. I will forgive you for that for this time, but, you know, I'm a – I listen to you all the time, usually on podcasts, because I drive at night. But I just, I can't believe that they would want, they keep fighting for their equality, but yet they want all of us to bow down to their will. And so when I was in the Army, I got, like, it was 15 days extra duty because if me and some buddies thought it would be fun, and we all got a mohawk. So I got 15 <laughs> days extra duty for getting a mohawk. And these guys want to change their sex completely and want no repercussions for it. It doesn't, no, it doesn't fly in my book. 
I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at you for getting a mohawk. Well, sort of I am. But I'm laughing that they, they slapped you with 15 extra days just because of that. Come on. Come on, Sarge. Oh, yeah. Oh, and a woman can't even dye her hair. Like, if she has any hair color other than her natural hair color, she can get an Article 15 and be in big trouble for that. Wow. Wow, that seems unfair. So your mohawk yeah. and dyeing your hair, that seems unfair. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, you know, you you folks who stand up and raise that arm and, and swear to protect and defend us against all enemies, foreign and domestic, we owe you a lot. And sometimes I think messing with your hair would be okay. I think... I think I would allow you to have a little different hair once you got out of basic training. I understand the basic training haircut well, is important. Well, it was worth it. I loved every minute of it. How long did you serve, Nick? I was in for eight and a half years. They wouldn't let me re-enlist because I was too broken. Oh, what happened? Did you get wounded? <laughs> well, I didn't get, well, it happened while I was in Iraq, but I wasn't wounded. I never, I came away without any scratch from the enemy but i was playing a softball game and i slid into third base and caught my toe and dislocated my knee and really messed it up Ooh, ooh. well you know at, at, at least at least you can say look i raised my hand i served this country you volunteered served the uh the army bravely and we appreciate you more than we can ever thank you enough and you're a truck driver at this point yes i am one of the you know what there is such a loyal group of listeners who, who drive trucks and listen to this show and other shows on the Blaze Radio Network. We appreciate you. We wish we could. I'm trying to think how, how we can help truckers more. How can we get the word out more? We try to tell everybody else on the road, give them a break, would you? Don't brake check in front of them and don't be sucking their bumpers either. Uh, it's well, not yeah, good for. I think give the government out of it too, because this is that's probably the second most government regulated job in the world. Oh, because of all the regulations you have to deal with. Oh yeah, Uncle Sam tells me when I can drive, when I have to go to bed, and when I have to stop and eat. Well, some of that, you know, isn't some of that okay to make sure you're not driving too tired? Some, I can understand some of it, but then there's the other thing. Oh, we just got rid of one thing where we had to take a 36-hour reset, but it had to include uh, two periods between 2 and 5 a.m. So, yeah, I'm not 36, it's 34. So that could end up turning into two days of you sitting, and we don't make no money if we're not moving. Yeah, if those wheels aren't turning, neither is your uh, personal bank account odometer. I understand that. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Nick, have you ever compared the regulations on over-the-road truckers with, uh, let's say, airline pilots? Um, not really. I had because I'm not a pilot, and I. So, but it's not as bad for them because they don't. They just have to have a certain amount of time off. They like we have a seventy-hour clock in a week. We cannot exceed seventy hours in an eight-day period. You know, a pilot, they can just go off for 10 hours and then their complete clock's redone. Every minute I'm on duty is deducting away from that 70-hour clock. Yeah, that seems like, that seems a little bit harsh. But, you know, I, I, yeah. I, want, you, I want you all, the men and women who call this show, who are truck drivers, to be safe too. And sometimes we tend to push ourselves. 
Are, are you at all worried, Nick, about um, AI coming and taking over trucking? It's a little bit on the back of my mind because I'm I'm only in my young 30s, so it's uh, if it does come soon, it's really going to hurt me. But I just play it day by day, and I just figured the the God's got a plan for me, and we'll just have to see what comes down at the end of it. Okay, well, I I hope it's good stuff. Um, what are you hauling today before I let you go? <laughs> right now I have 36,000 pounds of rolled tar paper on my skateboard. Okay. <laughs> I love trucker lingo. 36,000 pounds of rolled tar paper on my skateboard. Oh, one more quick question. <laughs> that horrific story in Texas, the horrific story of the truck that brought the people across the border and uh, we had yeah. the deaths at 10 people dead. You pull into a truck stop, and if your truck is empty and 100 people are sneaked into the back when you're not looking, you feel it when you start moving again, don't you? Well, definitely. You figure, hey, you just figure you get 100 people on your trailer, and if you're empty, and let's say, you know, each one of them weighs 100 pounds, you're going to notice the weight. Because you're going to take off thinking you're empty. And, like, when I'm empty, I start off in the fourth gear. When I'm loaded, I have to take it sometimes down to second gear. You know, if you try to take off in a higher gear and your truck is not doing what it's supposed to be doing, any trucker worth his salt is going to know if he's loaded or empty. Yeah, that's why I'm not buying that guy's excuse saying they sneaked those oh. people into the truck when he wasn't looking. You can't. Yeah, you, I don't believe you it You can't either. have a have a, a hundred between 10,000 and 15,000 pounds of humans in the back and not, yeah. not know it. It's just impossible. Just impossible. Oh yeah. Well, Nick, thank you again for your service. Thank you again for weighing in on this and uh, be safe out there and everybody give the truckers some room. They're bringing us stuff. Even if it's only rolled tar paper, there might be food or wine in the next one. So be careful. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> All right, bye. There he goes on down the road. Keep all those wheels on the pavement. It's Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just that that last discussion we were having, uh, talking about the regulations and and how certain careers and certain businesses are regulated. That it, it irritates me when I think of some of the small business entrepreneurs. When when we try to find solutions for things, I think the people who are out there in the middle of it are the ones best suited to try and come up with answers. And that's why I wish I wish that there was um, a, a general funnel of information that we could take some of the things that, that we hear from you, the people in the business world, and get it to those people who are in Washington making the laws. And, you know, we're going to think about that. So let's keep trying to solve problems. You people and and those of us who are focused on problems, I think, are best suited to do it rather than lawmakers. It just it bothers me to think 
that uh, somebody in D.C. is trying to prevent someone in in Michigan or Alabama or wherever from from doing a job they love because they think they have the best handle on the safety end of things. Look at all the warnings that we see on on labels, on packaging. It's it's because of over aggressive, overzealous legislation and lawyers, let's face it. So when I hear that the truckers have this restriction of 70 hours in eight days, I know they're trying to make sure the roads are safe for all of us. And, and they're also trying to make sure that the health of the trucker is important. But a lot of times you're able to do a little bit more. And it, it sometimes overregulation creates criminals where no criminal would normally exist. Case in point, look what happened when we had uh, the government trying to get in and, and create prohibition. Look what happened over the years before we could get prohibition repealed. Look at the criminals it created. It's just unfortunate and unfair. So, uh, you know, I would, I, we're going to try and come up with a format where we can get solutions from you, the people that are out there in the middle of things, to say, hey, how can we fix this? I, I wish the government was listening more to people like common citizens to deal with the, uh, the health care issues, talking about the issues we all face and, and we wrestle with. So maybe in the future we'll be able to put together a, a segment on that. Uh, just around the corner in the next hour, Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla is uh, in Washington today testifying, and he has some important things to say. And I, I appreciate Adam Carolla's libertarian point of view on things, especially from a guy who grew up with a mom who was on welfare and receiving all kinds of assistance. And he said, hey, mom, why don't, why don't you just go out and get a job? And she said to him, what, and lose my welfare? Give up my welfare? How dare you? He turned out pretty good. Hard-working guy. And I think he's got a, a great message. That's why he's teamed up with Dennis Prager. But he's testifying about safe spaces. And we'll play you some of his wisdom just around the corner. Plus, um, the the uh, instead of talking about the Debbie Wasserman Schultz story and the hard drives and what might be lurking in the hard drives that were smashed by the guy who was trying to get the hell out of the country. And thank God we stopped him at the airport. Instead of talking about that, the news networks are talking about the big question of the day. Will Sean Spicer appear on Dancing with the Stars? Will Spicy be out there with Tom Bergeron? Dancing for the Disco Ball Trophy, whatever the hell it is. I don't watch the show. I like Bergeron. He's a really good guy. Liberal, but a good guy. Here's my advice to ABC. Yes, I think it's good for you to go out and get Sean Spicer and put him on Dancing with the Stars. But if you're going to do it, do it all the way. Get Melissa McCarthy to, to dance the Paso Doble with Sean Spicer in full Sean Spicer attire. The two of them dancing on Dancing with the show that should be called Dancing with the sort of famous people who don't have anything better to do. We'll see. Just around the corner, we still have to explain why Che Guevara is still an advertising icon. 
We'll look at the vital question, get an update. There's debt shaming. There's an app for that. And Adam Carolla's comments, Adam Carolla's got some comments about safe spaces. And he's a guy who knows about safe spaces. He's been working on stages in comedy clubs and on campuses for years. So we'll get into that. And, of course, your opinion. Join the conversation. 888-900-3393. This is Pure Opelka. Opelka. With Michael Belka on the Blaze Radio Network.